Super Sentai Brothers, this is episode 11 of A View to a Kaku Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Can't complain, man. Uh, it's a beautiful Saturday. Beautiful There was Saturday. a wintry mix. I know. There was like wintry mix outside yes, like earlier today. Which is nature's way of saying, uh, stay the heck inside. Like, just don't leave you got, uh, your couch. But that's, yeah, it's the worst. You, it's like the worst precipitation. You got, you got some of that wintry mix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's, um, that's heartbreaking. Because yesterday, on November the 18th, it was 72 degrees. Yeah. Bananas. So, but no, it cleared up. It's a beautiful day. And this has been your weekly weather report uh, that's like five <laughs> days late from Cleveland. You know, it's someone has to be getting benefit from that. Um, I, I, I have to I believe. I can't imagine that that's true. No, Dave, I have to believe that someone is getting some good out of it because we've been doing it for so long that if I chose to believe that no one was getting anything out of it, I would feel very bad about wasting everyone's time. <laughs> well, I like it. So there you go. So today, Dave, we are watching episode 11 of Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Uh, it is called Rags Are the Best. Uh, but before we get to sure. that, Dave, of course, we have our two years running, oh, officially award-winning opening segment. Uh, Shining in the Heavens, Dave, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So, our first star of the week, Matt, is that we have a special guest on the show. Yes. Jen and Maynard. Hey. Hey, welcome. guys. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming our on the pleasure. show. pleasure. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, Shannon, do you want to take a moment to describe yourself to the listeners out there <laughs> in listener land who are not already familiar with you? Yeah, just like a quick CV starting in like the high school. Just start in high school and move forward from there. <laughs> any part-time jobs, any professional references you can provide? Huh, let's see. What exciting jobs have I had? Well, I worked in Kroger. That's clearly the most important job I've had. Oh sure, uh, yes. Then I worked in a DVD store. That was pretty cool. Like uh, a like a Suncoast Video sort of place. Uh, more recently, dead Movie Stop actually. Oh, yeah. They I've never even heard of Movie Stop. Yeah, I don't know if that's an everywhere thing, but it was definitely a Georgia thing. Okay. Mm. And they just recently kicked it. So. A little behind the times, those guys. Oh, they they tried so hard. It was basically a GameStop, but for movies. So, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I can like I can take the existence of some place that I can go and buy movies for like like five bucks. Like I would do that. That makes sense to me. Yes, unfortunately, like <laughs> like the place where you can go. And I mean, buy not enough to keep a store in business. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I it was the you. part I... where we bought movies back for like 13 cents is what kind of ruined the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I, I used to work at a game. Well, it wasn't a GameStop, actually. It was a Funko Land before Funko Land was like, it was part of the GameStop empire, but it had not yet been, that store had not been rebranded yet. Um, And it was weird because it was like 2001 and we were still like buying and selling like NES cartridges. 
I think I remember that actually. Oh yeah. I think I bought one from you. I forget what I bought, but I did. I got something from you. Oh yeah. Did we just I had this actually... big crate of them, and we kept trying to shove stuff in there because like people would come in with these piles of stuff, and you know, like those cartridges are not small. And I remember no. the the boss there, uh, Matt. His big thing is he would say that there was always room for Jello. Like, just keep shoving those cartridges in there. You will find room, I promise. <laughs> um, yeah, I never worked in retail. I only ever worked in like restaurants, restaurants and constructions. What I did before I became like a professional, before I had the job that I have now. Right. So Matt, so Shannon, thanks so much for joining us. We're psyched to have you here. Um, oh, Shannon is also what? an artist. She is not just a ex Kroger employee. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah. No, I, she I also guess does the joke is cool I things. should get to that. I work on Archer on FX, which is very cool. <laughs> the uh, which is I think that that might make you the famousest person we've ever had on the show. I'm pretty sure that's true. <laughs> I mean, the other people who are on the show regularly are like us and the people we went to college with. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, definitely. So, until one of us gets a job on a very good TV show, I think that is the case. <laughs> um, yeah, which is a very, which is also a very neat thing, and also creator of Matt's uh, Matt's Twitter Twitter sketch of him with the. With the Blastoise. Squirtle. Not a Blastoise. Squirtle. A Squirtle. Sorry. <laughs> Get it right, bro. Hey, man. I'm trying to give you as much credit as possible. So, Matt, what is our second star of the week? Second star of the week, Dave, is that um, the, the other reason that Shannon is on, other than just we wanted to have her on, uh, is that she is a noted Doctor Strange enthusiast. And we are finally <laughs> going to talk about the, the Marvel Pictures film, Doctor Strange. Who boy are we going to talk about it? Oh my gosh. Good gravy. Okay. You do. My dudes, this movie was so fun. Um, listen, I, as a guy who is currently accidentally drinking out of a Doctor Strange mug, wearing a Doctor Strange t shirt, uh, and talking about Doctor Strange on a podcast uh, all at the same time, uh, I can tell you that I was a fan. Uh, what what did you two think about it? Shannon, go for it. I loved it. I was very happy to walk out of that theater as happy as I was because I don't know what it was about this movie, but before it came out, I kept being like really oddly nervous about it. Like everything I saw, I'm like, that's a cool decision. I don't know why I'm not excited. Why am I not excited about this movie? And then it finally came out. I'm like, oh, sweet. It's everything I wanted. Nice. Yeah, I feel like yeah. the commercials for it really showed, they showed me like the weird kaleidoscopic magic stuff of like moving city parts around. And I thought like, okay, that's just what the magic is going to look like in this movie. Like it's not, there's not going to be a lot of like weird mind bendy stuff. It's just going to be this sort of like uh, Inception style, like cities are upside down. And I'm going to have to live with that. And that'll be fine because I'll get a wizard superhero on the screen and that's all I've ever really wanted out of life. And then we actually went and like, by the way, we're, there's going to be some spoilers here for Doctor Strange. So if you haven't seen it, oh, yeah. just uh, hop forward to Star 3. Uh, but like when they went to the dark dimension and we're, and we're like talking to Dormammu and stuff, like, listen, dude, <laughs> holy crap. Okay, so about that, first things first, I 
I friggin' loved the design for Dormammu. Like, I was really struggling. I was like, all right, how are they going to get that fiery-headed weirdo into a movie in a way that's not, like, completely terrible? And and they did exactly what they needed to do, which is not make him a fiery-headed weirdo and just kind of, like, change him entirely. Well, I mean, he is a fiery-headed weirdo, though. Uh, okay, yeah, kind <laughs> of. He is sort of, like, rippling. He is undulating, maybe, like a fire, a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, dude, I love okay. Did you know that uh, apparently Benedict Cumberbatch did the facial capture for Dormammu? Oh, no kidding. Yeah. You know, I can see yeah, it. I mean, I guess they decided we already have a guy here with like a weird alien-looking face. We may <laughs> as well use it. Okay. Like a handsome alien-looking will... face, but it's it's an uncommon look. It It is... That is a true thing. I will... Okay, here is my, like, one... My, like, infinitesimal nitpick about this movie is that the Batch's American accent is, like, a little bit wonky. It's, like, a tiny bit weird. Oh, yeah, it wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh... Yeah, although I am glad that they tried. I'm glad that they didn't say, like, okay, well, this is our wizard character, so we're just going to make him British. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I can dig it. If if Doctor Strange had been British, it wouldn't have been like the end of my universe. I would have been okay with it. I like that. I prefer that he's American. Like, don't get me wrong. But if they were like, listen, Ben, just like, just go for it. Like, just do your thing. Like, I would have been. I would have lived. It would have been cool. So okay, let's let's talk about Doctor Strange as like a character for a minute, because the thing that one of the things that I love about Doctor Strange is okay basically most things but one of the things specifically that i really like about doctor strange and spider-man is that they're both steve ditko creations you know like steve ditko co-creations at least well yeah right um and both of their origin stories hinge on a moment where they realize that um like being selfish like isn't going to get them through life the way that they want to and they have to learn how to like work like you know put their skills and powers out in the world to like help others that are less fortunate than them right which is crazy because it's steve ditko who then like went on to become like this crazy like randian objectivist and wrote mr a and stuff (laughs) (laughs) so like it's this total weird moment where like i don't know how much of that is the fact that like ditko like got more into objectivism over the years and how much of it was stan lee saying like no these people need to be like good humans (laughs) but i really really love that about those characters yeah, dude, um, that was another thing I really, really dug about the movie is that like the introductory part of Doctor Strange where he is like a doctor and he's like a super jerk. First of all, I think they nailed it. He like he really was sort of like a detestable human being, which was great. But also they didn't spend like a ton of time on it. They were like, all right, like 15, maybe like it's like 18 minutes. And then like he's in. He's in Kamrataj and he's like learning magic kung fu. Yeah, I did love how much they were just like, we know what you're here for. We won't bore you with him talking. Let's just get to magic. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You're not here for him. You're not here for surgery. You're here for, you're here for. The- I also actually, I did not expect this sort of like kung fu magic angle. I really was expecting just sort of like full on 
wizardry with like spell casting. I mean, like, I don't know if I was expecting 10d6 fireballs, but I was expecting more just like magic y blasty stuff. And the fact that they made it this sort of different thing that is still definitely 100% magic, I thought was really, really cool. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, I mean, for a movie at least, it made it very like, you know, it, it, met, it let them make an action movie out of it in a way that made sense. Yes. Uh, the fight scenes in this movie were the coolest fight scenes I've ever seen in any Marvel movie, which is really impressive considering Civil War just came out. Yeah, I know. They were like, like fighting in a city as time is going backwards and explosions are like going the wrong way. Oh, that's that scene was so cool. <laughs> like I this like the visuals of like people like jumping and like landing sideways and like stuff shifting around and they're like moving junk as like people are trying to run away and there's like portals that are like reorienting directions as you're like falling through but now now you're falling down. Um, the whole thing was like so imaginative, so well put together, uh, so cool. The costumes were amazing. Oh, yeah. I, I love... It's one of the mo- things that I love the most about the Marvel movies is how much they lean into a lot of that stuff. And just like, yeah, this is yeah, that dude's great. He has the political levitation. Like, that's just what that <laughs> dude has. I love the personality of the cloak, too. That was one of the best characters <laughs> Oh, dude, the cloak was amazing. My only, like, okay, if I like it, I like it. My only concern is that if it continues, I just don't want it to be, like, carpet from Aladdin. (laughs) That's fair. You know, like, I don't want want the cloak of levitation to become his, like, pet dog. (laughs) Effectively, like, I want it to be, like, it's like a semi-sentient cloak. Yes, awesome, do it. I just don't, I hope they don't, like, go too hard go too hard in that particular paint like other paints go for it that one not so much it looks like they didn't overuse it too much because there were definitely scenes where he was fighting i was like if the cloak helped out right now it'd be so useful but it it just didn't right right yes but it did not speaking of the Um, fights the one thing that i am sad that they did not show is that in that last fight wong had the wand of watum yes and we never got to see what it did yeah, I was bummed out about that. Oh, I lost my mind when he pulled that out. I know. I also was a little bit like, so Mordo has the Rod of the Living Tribunal? I also lost my mind. Uh, yes, absolutely. Which was like, the Living Tribunal sorry, is my it, dude. Uh, if, if, you're not, if you're not like a comic book person, like real quickly, the Living Tribunal is like, is like a cosmic entity. It's like in it's like two steps down from God, um, in in like the Marvel Comics universe. And so he's like, oh yeah, this is the rod of the Living Tribunal. It's like an energy whip rod thing. I was like, are there like special powers that you're not showing us, Baron Mordo? Because I feel like the rod of the Living Tribunal should be a bigger deal than that. Yeah, when he whipped uh, that out, I lost my mind, and it was the first time in a Marvel movie where I looked around to all my friends, and no one else looked excited. I was like... <laughs> oh, like nobody else caught I'm like, it? you nerds? No one else knows who the Living Tribunal is? Why did He's I bring that here? guy's that crazy... purple sheet on his head. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, on like most of his head. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. And also, on a second... Because we did go see the second time. On a second viewing, I am now 100% sure that the three... 
like Dormammu cultists do become mindless ones at the end of that oh, movie. Yeah, they like totally I wasn't do. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure the first time. And then the second time I'm like, yup, they're mindless ones. Definitely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like they, Did like their eyes become one big red glowy eye. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and then they're like all like weird and husky. Yeah. It, it, uh, so yeah, like uh, sorry, listeners, if you don't know who Doctor Strange is, like these aren't spoilers. This just won't make any sense. Yeah, we're just talking <laughs> about the cool Easter eggs that like five people in the world noticed and got really excited about. Um, so I will say the only like the only other tiny bummer for me, and this has nothing to do with the movie. This is entirely on Dave's end. Is that so in LARP, my character like the character that i play is like a battle wizard like that's my whole thing Mm -hmm. and i saw the costumes in doctor strange and i was like that's what it looked like in my heart like in my imagination (laughs) that's what that is despite the fact that yeah like that's what the costume looks like but the only problem with larp is that you play in the summer like out in the woods and we play in west virginia where it's like always humid and like a gajillion degrees and so, like, the coolness of your costume always ultimately runs up against the wall of, like, how much of a disgusting mess do you want to be at the end of the day? Right. And so, like, the amazing, like, Doctor Strange is like, oh, yeah, I'm wearing, like, 12 layers, and there's, like, all these different things going on. I've got, like, sleeves and, like, arm wraps and a cloak. I'm like, that looks, it looks so cool, but you would die. Like, you would die if you were in LARP. But in my heart, <laughs> that's what, like, if, if I took boudoir shots as my LARP character, that's what I would be wearing. Nice. Actually, so, about, um, I haven't been to LARP in years, but my costume was kind of like that Doctor Strange thing. It's got like the, it's got sort of like a Nehru collar and it's like that blue linen that sort of goes down to my knees. Right. Uh, well, I mean, you know, listen, not, not without, that is not totally coincidence. Oh yeah. No, let's, no, 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 no. Listen, it's also got like yellow trim. <laughs> like I was, I was going for something. Um, I I was thinking about this the other day because we had this Halloween party at work, right? And I totally forgot I was supposed to throw together a costume. Uh, And so I just threw on my, like, my sort of, like, casual cosplay Doctor Strange stuff. You know, like, my my gloves and my t-shirt and, you know, like, I threw on a red scarf and stuff. You know, like, it was very, like, sort of slapped together. But I had to do it because I was like, you know what? Next week, because this was like, you know, like late October. I was like, next week, everyone in the world is going to know who Doctor Strange is. And right now is like the last moment I can really just get out with this stuff and have it be a little bit under the radar. No. Yeah, you made the right call. Definitely. Okay. Do we have any other Doctor Strange thoughts, facts, or opinions before we move on? I was very glad that he put on the gloves in the post credit scene. They didn't have the, lo- the love print, that. but... They did exist, and I'm a big fan of the Doctor Strange gloves. Yeah, I got very excited that too. Also, did you guys notice when they were doing the symbol for to summon Dormammu and all that? It was the black pieces of Baron Mordo's old costume from the comics. I did not. I did notice not. That. Wow. But, wow, I noticed now, that right away. <laughs> but now that you've said that, it is 100% true. Again, it was another moment of I got really excited and looked to my husband beside me, and he's just like, I'm not going to get anything in this movie. Stop looking at me. And I was like, all right, it's fine. Oh, man, I wonder if they're going to put that in oh, his costume yeah. going wow. forward. Yep. It definitely is. I did not catch that. Wow, man. Oh, dude, Baron Mordo was so good in that movie. Everybody was great. Everybody was great in that movie. Yeah, Baron Mordo and Wong were so good in that movie. I loved them both. Yeah. I, I definitely want more out of Wong in future Doctor Strange movies. 
Yeah, I mean, we're going to get it, obviously. Sure. But I feel like Wong is one of those dudes who, like, if you... Okay, listen, I'm sorry. I'm going to talk about Wong for a half an hour now, so we need to move on. We Yeah, no, we have got to move on. <laughs> this is already, like, a super long five stars. Okay, Dave, uh, hit me with a short one. What is our third star of the week? Okay, our third star of the week, Matt, is a history fun fact that I just found out about earlier today. So I was, like, goofing around on the internet. This was literally, like, a Reddit post that I saw. But apparently, uh, in World War One, when the U.S. Army, like, did its part liberating Paris, mm-hmm. a commander named Charles E. Stanton went to the grave of Lafayette, like, the dude who helped out America during the Revolutionary War. Yeah, the Lancelot of the Revolutionary set. <laughs> yeah. And so he, go, he went to Lafayette's grave and, like, did a little speech about, like, hey, dude, we remember, like, we remember what you did for us, and, like, we are here, and we liberated Paris, and he ends his quote with, Lafayette, we are here. And it was just, like, the ballerest thing I've heard in a really long time, and I wanted to share it with you. So that's the, that's the whole thing. It's just that this dude, like, showed up at Lafayette's grave, and it was just like, the old pact is honored, General Lafayette, like, we're here for that you. That is amazing. How good was the beat that he wrapped it to, though? Uh, I don't think Lin Manuel Miranda had not been born at this point, so nobody was really like doing that as a thing. No one was bringing that specific heat. Yeah, uh, but this this it was a cool cool moment. So that's that's the whole third star, which is good because we we have to do mod. So Matt, what what is the fourth star of the week? Uh, fourth star of the week. Another quick one is that this week was the first meeting of my monthly pizza club. Your what now? Uh, pizza club. It's okay. Imagine that there were some friends of yours who you had tried to start a book club with a couple of times and it never really okay. caught on. I'm there. Uh, I'm there. Yep. That totally seems like something I would do. Uh, and so you give up on book club because you realize it's never actually going to happen. And instead of reading a book every month to get together to talk about it, you just make a plan to go eat pizza at a different place every month. Oh, yeah, that sounds way easier. Yeah, so Pizza Club has uh, begun. We went to Scotty's the other day, which is a place on the east side of Cleveland. Oh, I know Scotty's, mood. Scotty's is so good. Yeah, Scotty's is incredible. Uh, their pizza, as it turns out, is also very good. I'd never gotten the pizza there. Um, I did. I was... Okay, since it was Pizza Club, I decided to get a little adventurous. And their classic deluxe pizza comes with anchovy on it, which I had never gotten. Right on. I am glad that I tried it. I probably will not revisit that particular topping because <laughs> uh, I'm not a huge fish guy. But it did bring a sort of intriguing saltiness to the pizza. Uh, and that, that is your monthly pizza club update. We're probably gonna, I think we can look forward to we're probably gonna get like, more of those. Yeah. We're probably going to get like I, matching pins for the club. I, Please do not. I just joined a, a book thing. club at work. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I can just not read the book and show up with a pizza instead. I think everyone will be happier if you're just like, I didn't read the book, but here's some hot za. Dude, everybody I, loves that za. <laughs> I already told my coworker that she's going to get really disappointed to, with me when I show up the first three times and don't read any of the books. Okay, here's what you have to do. Don't read the book. Read the Cliff's Notes so you get like a vibe of the story and then bring a themed pizza. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I, it. I like it. I, I had a right. friend. So, like, if you're reading, like, Thomas Hardy or something, just bring the most depressing pizza possible. <laughs> That's what you need to do. So, a piece of bread? Just the worst. 
Yeah, just like bread with ketchup and American cheese. No, somehow, and be like, this somehow is... get your hands on St. Louis-style pizza. Ooh, oh, jeez. Yeah, nope, that's the most depressing pizza, for sure. Yeah. A friend of uh, friend of the show and friend of ours, um, Aaron, who actually... I, I think Aaron has the distinction of being the first fan of the show because he was the... He's one of our friends who talked us into doing it who was not involved with the actual show. Um, anyway. That's true, actually. Don't I forgot about that. Uh, Aaron lives in St. Louis and will occasionally tell us like horror stories about their pizza. Okay. It is... Uh, look, look it up on Wikipedia sometime. I don't remember like all the ins and outs of it because I try to like... It's monstrous. ...horrible memory from my mind, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Matt, what is our fifth star of the week? Uh, fifth Star of the Week, Dave, is video games. We were going to talk about one video game, but we sort of all had video game stuff to talk about. So let's talk about them video games. Uh, first of all, okay, l- let me start off small on the video game thing. This will be quick because I know that we are running long. Um, I've been playing a game on my phone called Really Bad Chess. It's like chess if chess was awful, uh, but it's really fun because the way that it what? works is... Why would you... Okay, why would you do that? It, it functions like that chess. All the same rules are in place, right? It, the, oh, sure. The only okay. thing that's different, and all the pieces are the same, except that they're arranged differently, and you have a sort of random assortment of pieces. So huh. your pieces are based on, like, they're randomized according to your rank. So, like, if you're very good at, if you play this game a lot and are very good at chess... Eventually, I think like they start taking away stuff and start replacing it with like pawns. But when you first start off the game, like hmm. oh yeah, you got like four queens, like five knights, two bishops, and a king. I don't know if that actually adds up to the right <laughs> number of pieces. Okay. <laughs> the problem is that like the you know your opponent also has a random assortment, and it turns out that if your first row of pieces contains like rooks and bishops, stuff gets nasty fast. <laughs> Anyway, that's all there is to really bad chess. I think it's a. I think it was a free game in the App Store. If you like chess but are looking for a way to mix stuff up, uh, check it out. It's fun. Dave, tell me about a video game. So uh, I've just had a chance to sink my teeth into Hitman a little bit more. And listen, dudes, if you, even if you were not like a traditionally a Hitman kind of fan, a hit fan, I would suggest yeah, a hit fan. I would suggest picking this game up. It's it's super, super cool. There's actually only five stages, as it turns out, which I know because Bath sort of like rushed through and beat all of them while I'm still on like stage one. But each stage, they're, they're huge levels. Like the levels themselves are really gigantic. And each level has between two and three targets or objectives. So it's not like sneak in, get one dude and get out. There's like a number of different objectives. There's like a ton of moving pieces. And each target has like a ton of ways that you can take them out. It's like you can, like all the sort of like traditional, you can like shoot them or strangle them or like choke them or like whatever. All the classics. But like each, all the classics. But they all also have like level specific ways that you can like sneak around and like drop a piano on them or like whatever. And then what's cool is as you are completing these challenges that they're setting for you, they are you're like leveling up in like you're getting like stage mastery and the higher stage mastery you get they're like oh now you can start like in the attic already now you can start you know like you've already snuck into the dude's bathroom or whatever it is 
Yeah, like checkpoints effectively. And so that allows you to do like new and weirder and like crazier things. And so even though there are only those five levels, each level has like, I think no joke, I've spent like 17 or 18 hours on the first level by itself. (laughs) Just like kind of doing it over and over and like really getting a feel for like where all the pieces of this gigantic moving puzzle are. It's super, super fun. It's got, it feels a little bit less like an older style, like traditional Hitman game, but it's crazy, crazy fun. I definitely recommend that people pick it up. Uh, Shannon, what have you been playing recently? Oh, well, Pokemon Sun and Moon just came out yesterday, so that's going to become the rest of my life now. Oh, yeah. I I know you're playing Moon, right? Yeah. I, I, I picked up Sun, and it is the first Pokemon game that I have played since Red. So oh, wow. I am having to like relearn a lot of stuff. Oh, you've missed a Just lot, dude. Everything. I know. I know I have. It's <laughs> okay. Originally I was I, I played red and I loved it. And then and I knew that I had to catch them all. I knew that was my sort of imperative. And then they put out <laughs> new games with more Pokemon. It's like, I'm never gonna catch them all. You just keep making <laughs> new Pokemon. And I resented it, and so I backed off. As someone who has a full Pokedex and X and Y of 722 Pokemon, I believe. Holy crap. You can catch them all. It is very exhausting, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that seems that seems like a lot. Yeah, I'm never doing it again. I I might try to do it this time because I have not attempted to catch them all in 20 years. So (laughs) Dave, did we catch them all back in the day? Um, we got pretty close, even if we did not get, like, all of them. Because I feel... I can't say honestly that I'm sure that I did. I feel like we got, like, all the weird ones, but there was just one regular one that never showed up. Because I remember we got, like, like, the weird glitch one and a Mew, and I think we did all that stuff. Anyway... That's that's not very important. What is important is that Pokemon Sun and Moon so far is extremely fun. Nice. Yeah, I'm loving it. I am very excited. Um, I just met I just met Team Skull and they're perfect and they're everything I want out of a villain. They're terrible. They're, like they're such nerds. <laughs> they're so oh, I just love everything about them. They're so great. <laughs> not nerds. What's I, I feel like there's a better word for it. Dorks, dweebs? Yeah, I think dweebs works. Yes. So they're like Pokemon dorks that are just... No, no, okay. no. Like they're, they're dressed in like these weird like skull things that you would pick up like at a shop in the mall. Yeah, they're, they're a bunch of white kids trying to act gangster or like yes. what they think is gangster. And like they say yo and whack a lot. It's beautiful. fantastic. That's the best. And their arms never stop moving. It's great. <laughs> Um, okay. Oh, hot dang. Okay, let's go watch some Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Whoa, has, has the five stars been going on long enough for you, Dave? It's, uh, it's a bit long. It's a bit long. Listen, I'm enjoying the conversation. But perhaps, perhaps our listeners have other things to do with their day. So let's, yeah, let's, let's draw this section of the show to a close. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to go watch episode 11, Rags Are the Best, and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 11, Rags Are the Best. Um, And dudes, 
Rags kind of are the best in this episode. They kind of are. I am hella into this monster. This guy is awesome. This, this I think, is actually my favorite monster so far on Cocky Ranger. Yeah, this guy was a lot of fun. I, he was really petty, and I appreciated it. That's what I really love, is that he's super into his whole deal, but, like, it's very, very low stakes. <laughs> Um, okay, so we, this episode starts off, and it looks like it's in, like, a laundry, but it's not, like, I thought it was at first, and it's just, actually, this dude has been doing laundry, and we hear a snoring, so this rag pile is moving up and down, and then the rag monster pops out, and we will find this out in a second, but his name is Shuraniri, and he is just, he's like a big old pile of... The monster suit actually looks like a big kind of pile of goo. <laughs> you know what it looked like to me is like the thing that you pull out of your lint trap. If you like molded Ooh. that into a person. Yeah. So that sort of like that gray, works. but like has some like weird colors around the edges and is sort of mottled and like twisted up. Yeah. And he does have some like writing on him, I think. He does he? Yeah. Like there's like one or two shots where you like see from behind. There's like some writing on his leg or something. Like, it's not a prominent feature. What they really should have done is he should have just looked like DC Comics... DC Comics? DC's Ragman? <laughs> Dude, you, you you talking about the Tatterdemalion of Justice? Oh my gosh! Yes! I love the Ragman so much! I feel like that would the have Ragman changed has... this episode, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, very there much There would have so. been a lot more... There would have been a lot more just, like, brutal suffocation, which is kind of weird for DC... But it's totally a thing that the Ragman does. <laughs> hey. Uh, Ragman is a superhero-ish whose suit is made out of, like, rags that also contain the souls of criminals that he can do stuff with. I don't know. It's very I weird. I think it's something like that, man. Comics are weird. So <laughs> yeah, Comics yeah, are 100%. so weird. So he... The Shiraniri, sorry, he he like gets up and he's like gathering rags. And he's having to, a great morning. Them. He loves it. Loves it. He looks over, he's got a mirror, which is apparently a magic sentient mirror, and he talks to the mirror and he says, Hey mirror, who's the ugliest? And the mirror says, You are a hundred percent the ugliest boy, Shiraniri. <laughs> great, great job. And and Shiraniri's like, Okay, that's the best. I'm so happy to be ugly. Rags are the best thing in the world i wish everyone like i wish the whole world was rags so everyone could be happy like me because in his head the reason that the world is not happy is that it is not covered in rags so the mirror like the mirror has answered his question and then it pipes up again like (laughs) the mirror's like dude no no you shouldn't you look terrible you should dress better. And then it shows him some pictures of like people just walking around in, in like the street dressed nicely. And then yes. Shiro Neri is so furious. Yeah, well, He's like, how okay, dare hold you? Hold on real quick. Because what, what the mirror says is like, like the rest of the world does not understand like how you think because they all dress nicely. And then he's like showing pictures like nice dress shops. Yeah. But like I definitely get because the mirror says it doesn't say they dress differently or like look at those idiots who wear not rags. It says they all dress nicely, like as opposed to you. 
you idiot. <laughs> and then Shiranir is so furious. His like arm shoots out and lengthens and he shatters the mirror, which screams, by the way. So like the mirror is, this is not just like a mirror. This is not a magic mirror. This is like a sentient object that is terrified of its own death. Yeah. Like, and sure. Yeah. Like no joke. Shiranir just murdered his roommate. Like that's what happened here. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so we we go from there. We go from there uh to the street that Shiranuri just saw. And I actually really dig Shiranuri's human form costume. Not yeah, it's, costume. It's that is a real that is a human being. It's sure. just it's not a costume. He's got kind of a um scarecrow vibe. Yeah, I dig that. I know this is the second monster that we've described as having a scarecrow vibe. This is a different sort of scarecrow vibe. He's got yeah, like that sort like, of floppy hat and he's got sort of like a patch painted on his face. So he looks a little like uh, like a rag dolly thing. Yeah. And he's his clothes are all like raggedy and messed up. And he he's standing on the street and he looks down at these two ladies that he like just saw and he says oh your clothes terrible and he does it super cool what does he call it yojutsu like rag rag transformation yeah i think that was it. oh yeah i think that's it i only whenever he does it i just write the word rags in capital letters in my notes so i didn't actually get the real name <laughs> but he his like hand glows and he shoots like a bolt of whatever at these people and they're like ah and they freak out and then they're just they're closed turn into rags and he says, "Yes, this is the best." <laughs> Which like, I don't, I don't get like his motivation. Maybe he's just trying to like forcibly convert people. But what I love is that like he is going on a rampage, right? Like, oh my gosh, like this dude is like he's gonna do bad monster stuff, and literally all he does is like mess up people's clothes. Oh yeah, he's not like exploding buildings or anything. This is the extent of his no everyone of his rampage. Is fine. It's basically a mirror just told him that his outfit doesn't look great. So he's like, fine, I'll ruin everyone else's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what he does. So we cut to later that day because uh, it's nighttime now and he's outside a child's birthday party. And it's a bunch of kids all singing happy birthday to their friend. Um, they're singing it in English, which... I don't know if that's weird or not. It's probably not. That's probably just the birthday song that people sing. Although I did note that it's like the happy birthday song, which if this were a show in America in the 90s, they never would have been able to play because that was copyrighted until like last year. <laughs> yeah, it's some weird thing. Uh, so they, they're they singing and he like looks in on these happy children and is like, no, rags for you. Then he does the thing again and they're all like, oh, no. And the kids are all sad. And they're, they are weeping. Weeping as though, like, someone had just died in front of them. <laughs> um, one of the kids is like, what am I going to tell my mom? Uh, I like that they weren't even, like, like a kid. doing anything about clothes. Like, the other ladies were, like, maybe shopping and caring about clothes. These are just kids having a party. And he just strolled in and ruined their clothes. Have your party, kids. Maybe he was anticipating that she would be getting a new dress for her birthday, but like he just couldn't wait to see. He's like, no, I need to ruin these clothes now. 
<laughs> so we go from there. We see the narrator. He sort of explains the monster. And I also dig how this monster comes about because apparently this is a monster that is generated like Ex Nihilo if you do not do your laundry. Like if you don't take good care of your clothes and you leave your laundry dirty, then they will turn into a Chirineri and like haunt you or something. Uh, and the best part about this is that this is a monster very clearly designed by parents. <laughs> oh, yeah. L- yeah, like, this is like a hook-hand-style monster. Like, if uh, if you don't do your laundry, then Shiraniri will come and, like, I don't know, whatever Shiraniri would do to you if he wasn't just messing with your clothes. I, but I think that's all he does. I think he literally just messes with your clothes. Man, who knows? Like, that's what the Kaku Ranger version of it does. The actual, like, vocal version probably, like, eats your eyes or something oh, terrifying. <laughs> oh. Well, the eyes so, really are the clothing of the face. Oh, yeah, right. Like, that's the explanation. And that's what it's like. If you don't do your laundry, Shiro Neri's going to eat your eyeballs. It's like, whoa, whoa, Dad, <laughs> chill out. I'd do my laundry, Maybe though. just do laundry. Oh, yeah. But I no, do, that do would my do laundry, I might, I might do laundry later today. So, so we go we go from there. We're over to Nakamaru, uh, and Suruhime, for some reason, is doing everybody's laundry. So she's got all their laundry out on, like, clotheslines. And there's a washing machine, but just, like, sitting on the ground, like, outside Nakamaru. She... Yeah, so okay. I'm I'm still I don't know what this thing sure. is hooked up to. I still don't know where the Kaku Rangers live because every time we see them they're just like camping outside Nekimaru. I do I think that's where they live. So like I, I think they're like nomadic. They don't have they, they're bummed. We, we've seen them are. sleeping in tents, so maybe they just live in tents outside of this truck. Yeah, probably. I don't think that they then, have a home. And then they just like Oh, you know what they probably do I was trying to think, like, how do they possibly store this giant washing machine inside Nekimaru all the time? But they probably just ninja magic that thing up. Like, they don't store their motorcycles inside Nekimaru. They just ninja summon them. So they probably got, like, a whole list of, like, more mundane ninja summons. That we just do not bother to see. Nimpo laundry. Oh, dude. Oh, man. This show would be so much better if we saw them do it. Like, just give me that 30 seconds where Tsuburihime is like, Ninpo, like, summon washing machine, and it just appears. I want to see them Ninpo everything. <laughs> like, as far as I'm concerned, they have no personal possessions outside of these clothes that we see and Nekomaro, and, like, literally everything else is just summoned out of, like, ninja magic. I'm also pretty sure that's only one outfit being hung up on those laundry lines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah, they wear one 13 clothing. shirts at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so she's Tsurihime is furious she's like you jerks why am I doing all your laundry Seikai runs over and he's like oh I'll help like you chill out and then he says under his breath he's like these will be perfect for recycling and Tsurihime's like recycle what now and he says oh uh, nothing don't even worry about it like you chill I'm gonna take care of this laundry so Tsurihime, I, didn't... I, I feel like this is a, something that Tsurihime should have noticed that like Seikai was being shifty, but I think honestly she was just so relieved that someone else was volunteering to help do anything useful <laughs> that she was willing to accept it. Uh, <laughs> so we see Seikai and he's saying to himself, he's like, mm, like a couple weeks ago I met this cutie and he like imagines back and what we find out is that he has met this girl who does a flea market 
and she was like handing out flyers and she's like oh come come to the flea market and like flea market i guess right but very specifically it's a flea market for charity like just real quickly though the thing where seikai was in love with tsurihime is that like clearly that's not on anymore but like I kind of did expect that to be a little bit more of a thing. Maybe maybe the fact that we just finished watching Jetman has like skewed me <laughs> on like how in depth the romantic relationships is going to be. Yeah, I don't think yeah, this one's going to be as big on an overarching plot. <laughs> no. No. I mean, this is episode 11 and there still isn't a plot to this show. <laughs> uh, I do oh. I do not believe that at any point the uh the cocky rangers are going to be flying <laughs> on, on the wings, wings of, love, of love. Only the, only two, the two of us. us. There's no uh, way that's going to sync up in the recording. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it won't. But in our hearts, Matt. So in our hearts, he, and hopefully in your minds, listener. So, so here's what Sekai does. Uh, he steals everyone's clothes. That's the first thing that he does, is he steals literally all the clothes that the people own, that his friends own, that they're not wearing. So he goes to the flea market, which is uh, in the same spot where Kauri and Guy had their romantic dinner. I don't know if you noticed that. I'm pretty sure it's the same spot. Yeah. I'm not, like, totally sure on that, but I think it is. So he approaches this girl, and, like, he does not... He doesn't even say anything to her. He's like, oh, is this the flea market? And she says, uh, yep, there's a 2,000 yen fee to sell here. And will you donate some of your profits to help children around the world? And he says, uh, yeah, absolutely. And like, this is his, like, Seikai, dude, just ask her out. <laughs> yeah, just, okay. You're like a, ni- you know, this you're is- a ninja superhero. You've got literal superpowers. Just, like, I'm not a lady. But I feel like if a dude like just ninja out of nowhere is just like, what's up? I have superpowers. Would you like to get coffee? I feel like that would work for me. <laughs> like, I don't know if it would lead, if that's enough to lead to a second date, but at least it's a good first impression. Right. Unless like, that's you a like, great from opener. the shadows and terrify her. Which means yeah, no, no, no. really don't. could go the other way. Yeah. Like, don't do that. But I just feel like leading, if I were Seikai, I feel like you would lead with ninja superpowers rather than like, I have some old clothes to sell. <laughs> One of those just seems a lot more, anyways. I, I would so, get coffee with the dude. He's like, hey, I'm a ninja superhero. I'm like, cool, I guess we'll talk. <laughs> right, at least you'll, right, you'll get at least that far. Yeah, but now, okay. Seikai, Honestly, I feel Dave, like. Like, I, I was once a, a teen man. Um, and the idea that, like, to try to get a woman to fall in love with you, you would just, like, go to the place where they work and hang out and be, like, kind to other people, like, that was absolutely my game. Like, it was a bad game. It literally never worked. But I, like, that's not only something that I might have done, I'm pretty sure that's something I did do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, that is a thing that you did and I did. We were young men. We didn't know any better. But also, in our defense, Matt, uh, we were not ninja superheroes. Maybe you weren't, but yeah, no, (laughs) we absolutely were not ninja superheroes. Okay, so this is his plan. He's going to sell clothes at a flea market and hopefully this girl will notice him him someday. Uh, Ragman 
appears and he does not dig the fact that people are saving clothes to reuse. He's like, no, clothes are supposed to become rags. The only reason that clothes exist is because they're like the base matter into in through which like the alchemy of time transforms into rags. Like that's the purpose of clothing. I can't believe you people are doing this. <laughs> yeah, he's just so furious at the concept of recycling, which makes him such a perfect 90s kids TV villain. <laughs> I did not even think I like this I guy would have been so perfect on Captain Planet. Oh man. Man, why is there not a live action Captain Planet movie? Honestly, dude, you know it's coming. It's gotta be like sorry, I know that that was a hard left, but like I really want to see that movie. So we go back to Nekamaru and the other Rangers are furious at Surahime. They're like, how could you have done this? Like, where's all my clothes and like my favorite jeans? And they are being, okay, this is not like joke threatening. They are doing the, like the thing from old gangster movies where you like, you punch your open hand a couple of times to make it like in a threatening fashion. Am I describing that action correctly? Yeah. Yeah. They're also cornering her. They are not. Yeah. It's, it's an uncomfortable moment. It is made a slightly less uncomfortable by the knowledge that Suruhime could beat the hell out of these three guys if she wanted to. Yeah. But it's yeah. not, that, that's not the way to beat it's, you dudes. Yeah, it's not a cool moment for them. Uh, so they are furious. and But, like, dude, Seikai is gone. Like I, like, I understand that they're mad at Suruhime and that, like, we're watching a show for babies. But the fact that Suruhime is like, hmm... Uh, Seikai started helping with the laundry. I took a nap, woke up, all the clothes are gone, as is Seikai. How is this not... Like, obviously, this is Seikai's fault. So, so, so she, there, I, I think she, at some point, like, she tells them what is up. And then it, that Yeah, she does eventually put it together. We cut back to the uh, flea market. Now, um, Shironeri is walking up to Seikai and is looking at his pile of clothing... And Seikai's like, oh, yeah, it's like X number of yen for this shirt. He says T-shirt. It's clearly not a T-shirt. It's like a cowboy button-up shirt, so you know that's Jiraiya's. Um, Like, this much for these jeans. He's like, I don't want, like, all I want is rags, and I want them for free. (laughs) Seikai's like, neither of those things are happening right now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh (laughs) At least he he knows what he wants. (laughs) Yeah. And I respect that out of him. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry. So he is like looking around for rags and Seikai, eventually he's like, this is terrible and I give up. And okay, uh, everything, the whole pile, 100 yen. Whoever wants it can have it. Which like Seikai, dude, first of all, um, that is, you're literally only here to spend time at the flea market, like to meet this girl like who cares how much you're selling it for or if no one's buying anything like that's not why you're actually here (laughs) right plus you should at bare minimum sell that pile for 2,000 yen because that is the fee that you pay to get into this thing (laughs) right it's like you're down 1,900 yen and you promised that you would give some of your profits to this lady and you're homeless so I know you don't have a lot of money it's not like you just had 2,000 yen Um, so so yeah so the other guys show up and so some sorry a stranger walks up and is just like yeah i'll totally buy that stuff for like 100 yen this is amazing and then as that's happening 
the other three guys show up and they're furious. They're like, Seikai, what the heck? That's our stuff. You can't, you can't sell my underwear. Also, and selling used underwear is the grossest thing. I don't care if they're new. Okay. I was going to say, they do at least specify that they are new. So maybe that means like brandy new and they have not been worn yet. Seikai does mention that they are in mint condition. Yeah. So hopefully we're not selling used underwear because that's terrifying. Um, so they show up and they start like roughing up Seikai for having done this. And again, and this Seikai's- is not just like, you know, getting him in a headlock and giving him a noogie. Like, they knock him to the ground and are kicking him. They are very upset with this boy. Yeah, they're about to, like, and drag he's... him somewhere and just keep beating on him where no one can see it. <laughs> oh, by the way, the, yeah. the guy who had been trying to buy the clothing, uh, first of all, at no point actually gave Seikai money, but as they start to beat Seikai up, that dude just grabs an armful of clothing and runs. I did not notice that. I saw that he was upset because he was just like, no, this is my stuff. But I did not catch that he just literally stole it all. Um, not so, all of it, but like as much as he could conveniently carry and run away, like that dude was gone. <laughs> um, so they Seikai's only excuse, he says, well, I did it. I did it for the children. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I did I it for the children down. of the world. I did it for a good cause for the children of the world. <laughs> they do not accept this as a reasonable excuse for stealing all of their clothing. To be fair, they also heard that he was going to sell all of it for 100 yen. So none of that money is going to children. No. Yeah. That's burger money. That's what that is. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so the girl, like the flea market girl who literally is never given a name so flea market girl like walks up and she's just like i don't know what you guys are doing but it is wholly inappropriate for these surroundings and you guys need to leave and they are chagrined i guess about this and then shiraniri sort of sees over from the side and now he's angry enough about the recycling that's happening that he brings all the rags to life and they start attacking people (laughs) Which is an amazing scene, because what is happening is that, like, somebody just off camera is just throwing a shirt at somebody, and, like, they keep cutting around to make it look like people are being attacked by clothing. It's just this weird, like, tornado of shirts and pants. So, there, yeah, there's just, like, clothes everywhere, and people are being, like, dragged around, I guess. And then this is actually, this is where I think, actually, things get pretty cool, is that, like, these like rag ropes like snake along the ground super fast and like are dragging all of the clothes and rags over to Shironiri. And then like once they arrive, he starts like stuffing them in a bag. I will say and then, for such a weird monster and a weird fight scene with clothes, these effects actually look really good. Like the, the wire work for all the clothes flying around actually looked pretty cool. Yeah, I was actually the I was pretty impressed by the, like the rag ropes that are like looping around. It was pretty neat. Yeah, it was such oh, yeah. a uh, weird thing to be impressed by. I'm like, oh, that rope flew through the air really well. I actually looked convincing. There's another scene uh, <laughs> in a few minutes where they there's a similar effect that I had in my notes is just like very good. So the so the lady the oh. the flea market lady runs up to Shira Neri and is like, hey, um, I don't know what your deal is. 
but I am the one person in this episode who is responding to things in like a normal way. So I'm going to call the police and then they're going to come and deal with you. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you basically he's like, yeah, try it. And so she runs away and he starts chasing her. And then he like he turns into like his full on monster form and then like grabs her and starts like running away with her basically. Seikai sees this and is like, oh no, 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 no. Like, please do not do this. This this is I've tried to impress this girl, and now like this is the worst case scenario for Seikai. Right. He's like tried to be super cool and he has failed uh completely. I mean listen, it's even worse for her. I'm not trying to frame this entirely like in Seikai's point of view. I'm just saying that dude's having a bad day. His plan has yeah. gone as wrong as it can. So, but now he gets to be a so, superhero and save her, and I think that's kind of cooler than selling clothes. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent cooler than selling clothes. That is. Hey, listen. So maybe he could save this. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe. Right, right now, he's only trying to save her. Previously, he was trying to save all the children in the world. So, from some perspectives, this is kind of a step down. Certainly more exciting, though. So, the uh, Shuneri is, like, running away. He's got the flea market girl. I genuinely wish they had given this person a name. Could we just and decide so, like, he's a running away for her so we don't have to keep stumbling over this? I don't care. <laughs> okay, um, she's, so, she's Sally now. <laughs> okay, so Sally. Uh, Sally is being, like, dragged away by Shuneri. Seikai is following, and then, like, as they're doing this, uh, Tsunohime rolls up in Nekamaru, and she says, hey, just, like, jump on, and we will drive after this dude. It'll be great. Yeah, like, she does not stop for him. She keeps, she drives next to Seikai, throws the door open, and he jumps into a moving car, which seems cool for a second until you see what Jiraiya does. This is the only note I have down in my notes, because I just drew a picture (laughs) of it. (laughs) Uh, okay, so Jiraiya, like, runs up behind Nekumaro, just jumps on top of it, and then, I, I forget if he says something, but, like, we flash down, and we see Tsuruhime, and then we flash up, and Jiraiya has just acquired out of nowhere, I assume he a ninja summoned it, so Jiraiya has ninja summoned a giant rope, and turned it into a lasso, and he, like, from the top of Suru, or from the top of Suruhime, from the top of Nekumaru, like, surfing, ghost-riding Nekumaru. <laughs> uh, that, that is not what that thing is, but, yeah, he okay, is there's someone in the he's car, like, but he's yeah, standing on he top is, of it. He is urban-surfing Nekumaru, and he, like, lassos the robot, the rat monster. It's the best. Just in case it had been a few episodes and you had forgotten that he showed up wearing a cowboy costume with six shooters, this dude <laughs> straight up lassoed this guy. Uh, now, it doesn't work. And I, I I, looked away for a second, but does it literally like pass through Shironiri and is like just rags? Is that what happened? Honestly, I had the exact same experience. I think one of two things happened. Either he got the rope around him and Shironiri did like a weird like ninja substitution thing. And so it was actually a pile of rags and not the monster. Or he did grab Shironiri, but like just pulled off part of the rags that con- like made up its body. I remember seeing yeah, the rope way. land on Shironiri and pull him back. 
but again, I started drawing it because it was the coolest moment in this episode so far. So I didn't see what happened either. Okay, so we all missed it. So in any uh, case, but something happens, uh, and he gets away. did the coolest thing, but it did not actually work out. Yeah. So he escapes, and of like, Tsuruhime is just like, okay, well, like I'm gonna wait here. You you go figure this out, and like when everybody else catches up, like we'll follow you. Right, because they so they try to drive after him for another minute, and then Shiraniri like shoots a bunch of rags at Nekimaru. And like it covers oh, up the windshield, right. and so they can't see where they're going, so they have to stop. Yes, totally forgot about that. Thank you. So it was a hectic moment s- in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so so Seikai follows Shiranari to an abandoned factory, and this is super cool. Is this the thing you were talking about, Matt? Um, no, actually, but it's very similar. Okay, so what happens is is that Seikai like runs up, and he like. He trips over something. I forget exactly what happens, but he is just like, there's a trap and it's like a rag trap and like a bunch of rags fly at him and then a futon mattress comes up and like wraps itself around him and then some rags tie him up in the mattress. So he is immobilized and it's super rad. It is a very So Seikai is captured. Yeah, so Seikai is captured. And so now Sally and Seikai are in this old factory where Shiraniri lives, I guess. And And Shiraniri is just ranting and raving about how awful recycling is. Yeah, he's explaining his whole deal. He's like, how dare people reuse things? It's the worst. Everybody should just dress in in rags all all the time, I guess. And then he zaps Sally and Sally's dress turns into rags. And then he just starts kicking Seikai in the middle in the in the mattress. Seikai just. is having a bad day as regards being kicked. <laughs> yeah, this is the second time in this episode he's been on the ground getting kicked by people. Um, so, so the Rangers arrive outside, and, and as they're and, sort and of like, this is the moment I really like. Okay, they're like, so they're scoping the situation. They're, and they're crawling up, and like, there's this big sort of like field of tall grass around them, right? Yeah, and they look back, and the grass is like rustling, and then it cuts down. Velociraptor style. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, the grass is rustling, and they look up, and these like snakes of ropes like shoot up through the grass and start wrapping them up, and it's such a cool looking effect. Yeah, they did. They did like a real, real neat job. Also, encountering like danger and monsters in the tall grass is something that is. Uh, on my mind a lot right now because I was just playing them Pokemons. <laughs> ah. So uh, they are like they are attacked by these rag snakes, and then and then the rag snakes turn into Dorodoros. Yes, but they're all still wrapped up, right? So like they're tied up, right. and the Dorodoros are there, and the Dorodoros instead of like running at them with their swords, just like start hucking ninja stars at them, and the ninja stars just like hit them square on in the chest. Now, of course, yes. these are the Kaku Rangers, and so what is actually happening is there has been, like, a ninja substitution, and they their clothes are empty because they have disappeared. But what was really weird about this moment is that normally when we see this, they're already, like, they have already gone through, like, their Super Henge transformation and are in their Kaku Ranger forms. And so, like, the costume falls over, and, and it was, like, the costume that got hit with the ninja stars. And this was just, like, them in their regular clothes getting, like, shurikened in the chest and it was a very like shocking moment to me yeah 
but they're fine, which is cool. And then we see like the it's like a tunneling animation, not an animation, but like it's like a tunneling effect that we're seeing that like stuff is flying up in a line underground and then Jiraiya like jumps out from underground. Yeah, this is and actually I, it's the moment in the opening credits. Yeah. So I was really hoping that this was like, oh yeah, Jiraiya is like the earth ninja and then just like everybody was underground, which I was a little disappointed by. But all the rangers like jump out from where they were hiding underground and start fighting the Dorodoros. We go from there into the factory and we find out that Shiraniri's grand plan, his like giant overarching goal is just to destroy all the flea markets in Japan. This is his goal. <laughs> it's not destroy building, just flea markets going down. Yeah, you got to start small. Nobody is selling used clothes. You do need to start small, and then you need to grow giant. <laughs> that is that is the one lesson that we have all learned. Um, Only after football, though. So, oh my gosh. I, oh, dude, so we're, we're Shira- going to get to that. <laughs> yeah, so... Shiraniri like drags Sally outside and then she just disappears. Like I don't know where she goes. And while Sekai is wrapped up in Oh no no no. I was going to say this yeah, is, I, this I feel is, like you skipped a scene because I did, sorry. So Sekai is like trapped in the futon and he's trying to do like Ninpo rag escape, which is like just weirdly specific. Dude, they have specific things to like ninja summon a washing machine. Okay, fair enough. You were just so, saying he that you does, want more weirdly specific ninja magic. So he manages to like get his hand seal going like barely like because he's trapped up and it's hard to move. But he does do it. He manages to pull off Ninpo Rag Escape. He bursts out of the thing. He turns into Kaku Ranger Yellow. Starts fighting Shiraniri. Right. He kicks Shiraniri. Shiraniri's outside. He turns around and the like all five of the rangers are now together. And what's really cool is that they're all standing together, but they're standing, like, underneath this, like, piece of machinery or, like, part of the building. And so they're all, like, it's a like a bright, sunny day, but, like, all five of, like, the ninja superheroes are standing in this one line of shadow. It was a very cool moment. Yeah, that was a really cool yeah, shot. I, I loved that. <laughs> I had really hoped, I was hoping that they would do their, like, whole poses while they were still in the shadows and then step out. Because there's a line, they're like... St- like hiding in the shadows, punishing the wicked. And then they could have been like hiding in the shadows and then they step out and say like punishing the wicked and it would have been way cooler and more dramatic. Hey man, just, but, just first of all, yes, you are right. That would have been super cool. Uh, but I'm, ju- I'm just trying to focus on the positive here, Dave. Okay, listen. Yes, Matt, sorry. You're right. I just, I just want like the best of all possible worlds, man. Like I just, I saw a moment and it didn't materialize. It was a great moment. Could have been a little bit better. Uh, so, okay. So, anyway. So, they start fighting. And... Th- thank you for moving Shiraniri. away from that before I tried to put together a complicated Candide joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That would have been a tough one to to jump from. So, Shiraniri pulls out, like, his one best move, I guess, which is, like, they're attacked by phantom rags. It does not work very well. Yeah, it's called rag dancing, and it's just a bunch of like superimposed images of rags flying around, and there are explosions. Yeah, uh, and then the rangers kind of they 
they jump away and they just reform. Well, what's and, cool is that like they're all sort of stumbling from that, right? And he runs in to go attack them. And each time he swings at one of them, they just disappear until he's standing alone. And then he turns around and they've all formed like a human pyramid where they're standing on each other's shoulders. It was very And fun. then they unleash Ninpo exploding jump, which is literally like they just, they do gymnastics at him like around him and then they attack him with swords which do not explode neither do they explode yeah they said explosion there so i was really hoping when they jumped on him that everything was just gonna explode and for yeah i was really really disappointed and like maybe they were like exploding into action but it's not like they don't blow stuff up in this show I was going to say, they play pretty fast and lose with explosions. It would not have taken a lot to get another one in, and it would have made just so much sense. Uh, but they don't do that. What they do do is, so they they do gymnastics at him, and then they play Cocker Ranger Ball. Everyone's favorite new game. I hate Cocker Ranger Ball so much. <laughs> Cocker Ranger Ball is, so, like, it's so dumb. Like there's no like there's zero connection. They're like weird Japanese ninjas in a ninja show fighting like Japanese mythological monsters. You know what our move should be? We're gonna we're gonna play American football, but with an exploding ball that will pass to each other and it will change colors and then we'll like punt it at the monster and then it explodes. And that's the move. See, everything that- you just described is exactly why I love it. <laughs> and again, this is like not I something d- that is unique to Cocky Ranger. They did it in Go Ranger, and um, actually, I I got a notice from one of our listeners on Twitter at Pants Golem uh, that apparently Magi Ranger has a similar ball finish, except the ball is the Pink Ranger Zord, which is also actually the Pink Ranger. Who? <laughs> so I guess what what I really mean to say is that I'm really looking forward to Magi Ranger. I heard. Yeah, no, that sounds. That's what's I've heard Magic Ranger is really cool. Uh, Power Rangers <laughs> Mystic Force is not, but Magic Ranger apparently is. I wonder if there's a my understanding. Like, yeah, from my sorry, I was just gonna say my understanding from Matt and Michael is that nothing in Power Rangers is actually legitimately cool. <laughs> well, okay, that's that is not true. I think that maybe uh, that. Again, when we've had this conversation on the show before, it's cool for a different quality of cool, right? Yeah. Like... Yeah, okay. Like, the sort of thing that you get in a Super Sentai show is not going to be the same thing that you get in Power Rangers. But Power Rangers definitely does have its own sorts of, like, very cool things and charm. Yeah, it's kind of like how Kaku Ranger is very cool and weird in a way only a Japanese thing can be cool and weird. Power Rangers is kind of cool and weird, but in a more American way. That's actually that. That is actually a much nicer perspective on it. Uh, no, that doesn't mean that Magic Ranger is good, or I'm sorry, that uh, Mystic Force is good. Um, oh no, yeah, but it's not. that does, yeah, that does not speak for the uh, the entire quality of the Power Rangers franchise. In the same way that uh, Power Rangers Samurai apparently being awful, um, especially as compared to Shinkenger, which I've said before on this show is amazing, uh, does not mean that like. Uh, Dino Charge is bad because Dino Charge is not bad. Oh, Dino, Dino Charge, Charge is, is good. good. I've never, I've never seen Dino Charge. Dave, uh, you, but... Dave, you have seen Dino Charge. 
We did a oh, whole yeah, no. episode oh, sorry. where we watched Dino <laughs> That's Charge. That's right. We did actually do a special episode of Dino <laughs> Charge. Uh, so, sorry. So, back to Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Shiraniri is like, all right, time for giantism. He turns into a giant. Seikai summons Yellow Kumard. Uh, he does the Yellow Ranger spin, which is awesome. Like, he picks up. He picks up Shiraniri and like spins him around and throws him, which is great. Shiraniri goes to attack also, him, but every time he goes to attack, like Sekai's giant robot teleports to another part of the field, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I was, I did not know Yellow Kumar could do that, which barely he can. And then he lets loose a new cool attack, which is Blazing Ring, and uh, they superimpose a hula hoop that they've set on fire, and then it like. <laughs> Yeah, you see it in front of Yellow Kumar, and then you see it in front of Shiraniri, and then Shiraniri explodes. Look, they had a lot of good. But it's a cool. They had a lot of good effects with all the clothes. They couldn't keep it going. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a flaming hula. And plus, they had all these extra hula hoops sitting around. (laughs) So I actually I figured something out, Matt. You know how we've been talking about how Muteki Shogun just like shows up, and there's literally never any fight with Muteki Shogun. He just like shows up and murders. Yeah. So I think the idea is that like the the giant fights that we would normally get with the combined monster, that's just the beast generals. And by summoning Muteki Shogun, it's like a combination. Like that's the final move. Like Muteki Shogun's flaming sword, that's not the final move. Like summoning Muteki Shogun who then does the sword, that together is like uh, the fight. You see what I'm saying? That really makes a lot of sense. I, like I think that's gotta be it because like again literally there is no fight like they summon Muteki Shogun Shiranui starts to run at it and then Muteki Shogun just just wrecks his shop and was there a new like it's not animation because it's a live action show but was there like a new like sequence of shots for that where like they were showing the castle behind Muteki Shogun in a way that they didn't before yeah there was I think so which is actually kind of neat um so. Shiraniri dies, and his last words are like, I was the ugliest. Rags are the best. And then he's dead. <laughs> so we go from there back to the flea market. And the rangers are there. And then I guess they do donate all their clothes. Yeah. So they all have boxes of clothing. And they walk up to Sally. And they're like, hey, Sally, here's all, our, here's all of our clothing. We want to help children. And she is so happy. And, and so, yeah, right after they do that, they're like, all right, Seikai, like, you can do it, like, go for it. And they sort of push him up to the front. And Seikai and desperately tries to say the words like, hey, will you please go on a date with me? But <laughs> literally cannot force the words out of his mouth. And then he hides so, behind Sasuke. He's like, no, you do it for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tsurihime once again saves the day and she like steps in front and she's like Seikai would like you to be his girlfriend which is like a big jump Seikai maybe just like go out get to know each other Uh, learn her name but the girl says (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the girl says like yes yeah no sounds great I would love to be your girlfriend which I did not expect no I don't think anyone did especially Seikai because the look on his face is like he's going through a lot of emotions all at the same time (laughs) like happiness and and shock and maybe a little bit of like whoa now I don't know what to do (laughs) and she says it's never gone this well 
but I uh, I am. I already did, uh, volunteered. I'm going to be going overseas to do like volunteer work. So I'm going to be gone for just like a real long time. So I guess we'll just have to be friends. And then Seikai literally like collapses and starts like weeping and like dabbing at his face with the clothes that they've just donated. <laughs> then we cut out to the narrator and the narrator's like, hey, all right. So I guess this is all done. Don't throw away clothing. Uh, old stuff can be cool. You know, recycling is the bu- is the best. Have a nice week. Yep, and then that's it. So, man, I really liked this episode. I really dug this episode. Yeah, this one was a lot uh, of fun. So, I know we don't do high points and low points anymore, but uh, this episode would be heavy on the high points. D- yeah, definitely. Uh, so, Matt, where does? Shiraniri go on the Creature Royale. On the Creature Royale. Okay. So, without looking at the names on the list right now, I'm thinking at least top third, right? Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, he's like, he's cool. He's got a cool look. I just love his like super intense pettiness. (laughs) I'm real, real into it. Yeah, I like that he didn't really have like a villainous plan. It was just like, it was personal. Yeah. Okay. Very much. Like he kind of, oh man. I'm having a little bit of trouble trying to figure out where he goes on this list. Okay, is he better than the jewelry priestesses? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely better than the jewelry priestesses. Okay, like, let's get nuts. Is he better than... Is he better than Kakitsuki, the mouth monster from a couple weeks ago? Ooh, that guy got real small. That guy got real, real small. Super small. Okay, is he better than Iron Mask Choryu? What's right above Iron Mask Choryu? Lipstick Songstress? Lipstick Songs. Okay, so it goes Lipstick Songstress, then underneath that is Iron Mask Choryu, then Oborogumura. I like him better than Oborogumura, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, ooh, although his look is not nearly as cool. So I'm going to say cooler than Lieutenant Shiryu, not quite as cool as Oborogumura. I am comfortable with that. Shannon, do you have any uh, input on this? I'm trying to remember who those are. I re- I remember a lix- uh, lipstick songstress. Uh, Oborogumara was the taxi monster oh, yeah. from like real early on in Kaku Ranger, and Lieutenant Shiryu is Doshi Kaku's like Goma second in command. Oh, I, know that guy. I remember him. Who's actually like a real cool dude. Uh, but I do. I think I like. I think I like Shiryu cool- more than Lieutenant Shiryu. Not maybe quite as much as Oberogumara. Yeah, I think okay, that's a I good spot for him. Yeah. All right, man. So that gives you a spot number 16. 15. 15, sorry. The reason that we always say the wrong number is that the first row in our spreadsheet <laughs> is just like, like the titles. And so... The title. Yeah. Little, little uh, peek behind the curtain there. <laughs> hey, so, so that's basically it. For us, uh, Shannon, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Thank yeah, you so much. Uh, uh, before do you want to oh, yeah, plug anything before you? Um, huh, let me see if I can remember all the stuff I have to plug because I'm actually on podcast now. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess you can follow me on Twitter at Shannon Maynard. Um, what's my store? Shannon Maynard Art at storeenvy.com where I am selling sketchbooks and stickers 
And I am on the podcast Cool Kids Table, which is an RPG podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at CKTCast. I'm pretty sure that's right. I think that's right. That is a very fun show. Cool. Thank you. Um, uh, let's see. And if that's anything else, or can we start hitting this closing script? That's it. Okay. Well, in that case, that is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Cocky Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That, theoretically, helps new people find the show. Uh, Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you want to check out any of the other Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, uh, you can find those at... Is it RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com, Dave? I should have looked uh, this Yes, up. it sure is. Okay, then you should go to RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Check out all the great shows. Uh, Shannon, thank you once again for being on the show. It was a ton of fun having you on here. Thanks so much, guys. Was... And we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt... I'm Dave. And we will see you next week. Calculate.